0: One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As an aquaculture business, how do you become innovative in a new part of the aquaculture industry and be sustainable at the same time? This episode is dedicated to answering that question. So listen in and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you listen to episode 10, Liris Maduninkias, talked to us how to improve production using data-driven farming in the shrimp aquaculture industry. Welcome to episode 11, season 2 of The Business of Aquaculture. This episode, I'm proud to interview another woman in the business of aquaculture, Rishita Chanjide. She's also one of the finalists in the recently concluded Global Aquaculture Challenge from the Yield Love Asia Pacific. Welcome to the show, Rishita. Hi, thank you for having me here. Pleasure. Pleasure. She is the CEO of Tiora, a company that encapsulates proteins in a deep science solution with a view to prevent diseases that cost the global shrimp farming industry billions of dollars every year. Rashita believes that there are no good preventive solutions for shrimp farmers. Her childhood growing up by the sea inspired her to enter aquaculture. With finfish, you have an injection-based solution, but for shrimp, there's absolutely nothing thing in the market. And they have a different immune system, according to her. Welcome again, Rashida. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. here. I'm so happy that you said yes. I it was just starting to interview people from the other parts of the world because most of my guests is from North America or in Europe. So thank you again. So maybe you can get us started on how did you end up being in the agriculture industry?
1: Yeah, so basically, I did my PhD in synthetic biology and then a postdoctoral studies in material sciences, after which I was working with several startups in the med tech and medical related fields. And more and more, we started to realize that the same technologies can be applied to a lot more industries. And these industries have a bigger, more pressing need If you think about it, like, you know, most smallholder farmers in Asia, usually they are the ones who will bear the brunt if a disease strikes and there really are no solutions. So this leads to devastating consequences for them and to make things better for them and to have an impact such that we don't include antibiotics or other harmful chemicals in our food. We thought that this would
0: be the area where we could have the maximum amount of impact. Thank you. It's fascinating hearing the stories, especially women being in the aquaculture industry nowadays. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I am really, I guess, in awe on how you got it started. So maybe you can tell us your advice to small businesses wanting to embark on sustainable aquaculture or green technology.
1: Yeah, well... I am really inspired by the great work done by people before me and a lot more that is coming along in the field because now we realize that the biggest potential for change and improvement lies in the ocean and we will definitely see like a lot more innovation technology being directed towards the ocean, not just to grow food, but many other things.
0: Yes. And as you know, the earth is comprised of a big ocean, so there's a lot of opportunity coming our way. Yes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I also like that you got it started because you saw a pressing need. And I think for small businesses, I guess I would say small to medium businesses, this is a simple principle and concept that sometimes we forget because we're so embedded into the day-to-day minutiae of our business. And the very reason why people started businesses is because there's a need that there's a problem that needs solving so thank you for reiterating that my second question is how would you solve the bureaucracy challenge that regulates the industry so that the business is more supported versus hampered by rulings and I know you guys are in Singapore yes
1: yes we are in Singapore Bureaucracy, I think it's interesting and it's it differs from country to country. I don't have a huge stake on it. But what I see is new market aggregators that come in who can then basically collect information and collect the needs of the farmers and actually present it to the administrators and rule makers. And I think real change can come from these large market aggregators who who are more connected to the farmers
0: and see how this industry can improve at a larger scale. Can you tell us more about these new market aggregators? I have a best friend who actually lived in Singapore, so I know most of the time that the government there is more supportive in terms of technology innovation. It's one of the most advanced countries that I know of. So maybe you can expand more when you mention about market aggregators.
1: Yeah, so basically there are two things. So in Singapore, actually, because we are so advanced, the other advantage is that it's not a very big country. So, you know, all farms are accessible and we can reach them like within the hour, within the country itself. So here, what they're doing in terms of technology is bringing larger farms, bringing a lot more technology to the farms. And as a result, what we see is that they they can lead the way in terms of innovation. Market aggregators would essentially be from other countries, for instance, e fishery in Indonesia, Jalatech. There are several others, Aqua Connect in India, who are connected, who are basically forming these large farmers' networks. And since they have reached the farmers, they also can make a strong case to the government because all these governments do have a huge stake in aquaculture growing as well. It is important for domestic consumption as well as international exports.
0: Brilliant. It's just so brilliant about how these networks. And I remember when I was interviewing Larry from the Yield lab Asia Pacific, he used the word conglomerate. And I really like that because I think as a whole industry, there is, needs to be this voice with all of the industry members to make it stronger. Do so you agree?
1: For sure. For sure. I think it is not one voice, but the collective that goes a very long way.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad that you also mentioned about the farmers from Indonesia, from India, and of course, you're from Singapore. I live now in North America, and there's, I think, one thing that we wanted to learn from the ways that it's being done. It's that having a community, not only from one country, from the industry as a whole, from different countries, yes?
1: yeah for sure and i think yeah it's set to grow here like a lot of the efforts around aquaculture until now have been quite directed towards salmon but it's now the tropical species that are coming into limelight and solutions for these species are what people are looking at in more detail as
0: well Yes. And so my other question then becomes, with all the talk in technology, with all the talk in innovation and advancements, what's one thing you think will still be here a decade from now?
1: The growth of the industry for sure is one thing that will be there. It is one of the largest and fastest growing industries in terms of animal health and the second thing i think is its expansion so it will expand in terms of the species it will expand not just from food but it will go to many other industries so for example new materials from algae new nutraceuticals again from algae or other marine sources will provide us ways means to produce these compounds which are beneficial in a completely natural and sustainable way
0: Perfect. Perfect. And so maybe you can give them like a thumbnail of what your company is about and what it's been developing that it garnered one of the top eight finalists at the Global Aquaculture Challenge.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having us. And thank you for mentioning that. So what we essentially do is that we are a platform technology where we use solutions that are, you know, usually until now developed for humans, but we are adapting it to aquaculture. So we have what we call as bioinformatics, where we design protective peptides. These are then produced in a completely natural and sustainable way in food grade microorganisms like yeast. So instead of producing beer, now it'll produce these protective proteins. And then finally, as a last step, we encapsulate these such that they are not destroyed in the aquaculture environment and such that they are not destroyed even in the stomach of the fish. So they go directly to the gut. And they become what we call as bioavailable, meaning a lot of it can then be absorbed by the body. So this allows us to bring oral solutions to the market. And that is what can really bring these disease prevention solutions to lots of farmers, because as you mentioned earlier in your talk, injection-based solutions are the go-to solution at the moment. But they are not available to small farmers because of restrictive costs, because of other factors. And oral solutions is what we believe and what the industry also believes is the way forward. And we try to do a bit to
0: make that a possibility for especially starting with the tropical species. That's so awesome. Why don't you share with us how they can get in touch with you?
1: So we can be reached at uh, theora.life, That is T-E-O-R-A, theora.life. Teora itself means life. If you want to reach out to me directly, I am available at rishita at teora.life.
0: Thank you so much, Rishita, for sharing your valuable insights today. My biggest takeaway from this episode is when you mentioned about the word bioavailable and how your solutions is being absorbed by the body of the species that you cultivate in. In North America, now we have a big word, biohacking, and I'm so happy that it's being expanded to aquaculture species that we specialize in. So thanks again, Rishita, to our subscribers. Do leave a review of the podcast so we can get more people to be aware of the value our guests are providing in these conversations. So if you're new to the podcast, I'd like to hear from you. Thank you again, Rishita. Really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you, Luz. It's great talking to you and it's great that you're bringing these new technologies to the industry. Thank you so much for your great work.
0: My pleasure. Thanks again. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.